The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Every year, the parish where I grew up, St. Francis in the Fields in Harrods Creek, Kentucky, held a Halloween carnival. All of the usual festivities were there, bobbing for apples, a costume contest, buckets of candy. And every year, the youth group was in charge of the haunted house. We were given the Sunday school hallway and left little instruction otherwise, which was a very bad idea. Because what was wrought by our adolescent minds was not a cute, sweet, seasonal romp with the occasional guy or gal in a uh, unscary sheet or hat jumping out and saying, boo. This haunted house was wickedly scary. There was, it was dark, and there was a strobe light that temporarily illuminated dark figures roaming the hallways. There was ominous music and scary sound effects. Folk would, folks would jump out at you wearing frightening masks. Needless to say, the word got out that this haunted house was not for the faint of heart. And for those who did partake, to quote last Sunday's gospel, there was definitely weeping and gnashing of teeth. All except one particular patron. One young man seemed entirely unfazed by the entire affair, strolling through with a breezy attitude as if he was visiting the art museum on a Saturday morning. And that young man was my baby brother. My brother Andrew is fearless. Unlike his anxious older brother, Andrew is permanently unfazed. He, his, his face, his voice, his manner is always mill-pond calm. The state of being was fully realized when he was quite young. 
And so as he walked through the haunted house, instead of screeching or hollering like many of the other kids, he would just walk up to a particular monster or specter, recognize them as one of my friends, and introduce themselves and engage them in conversation. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Bob. Do you know Ben? He's my brother. He's quite something. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I was more like my brother. Sometimes it seems like all of us are becoming more and more unfazed for good and for ill. The constant noise of gizmos and gadgets, the advertisements that, that manage to squirm into every blank space in our lives, the drumbeat of bad news, the toxic level of animosity in our public life, growing a thick skin has become a requirement of the 21st century. But is that the way we were meant to live? Is that the way we should live? Is that the way that God meant us to live when he made us, declared that we are good, and called us to a new life in Jesus Christ? For an answer, perhaps we can turn to today's gospel. The Pharisees plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said, saying, Teacher, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, replied, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. Now this interaction can be interpreted in a number of ways. For one, Jesus is capitulating to the reality that government, despite the fact that they were under hostile uh, occupation, government nonetheless requires some level of taxation, Civics 101. Another interpretation is that we hear in Jesus' response a not-so-subtle inference that while this coin has a picture of the emperor on it, it is a small thing for small matters, while the world is God's. And that is much more vast and important. And thirdly, and I believe most important to our thoughts this morning, is that Jesus reminds us of the balance necessary for daily life. Yes, there are things that belong to the emperor standing in line at the DMV, that clipboard of paperwork you have to fill out before every doctor's appointment, gas pumps that now have televisions on them so they can advertise things to you while you fill your car. Those things are the emperor's. But the delight of a crisp fall morning, going apple picking in the foothills like our youth group will do this afternoon, an unexpected bit of time with a friend or a loved one, an unexpected visitor. These, these are of God. 
Moreover, moreover, these things that are of God, we are meant, we are made, we are called to experience these things unfettered by the armor that we construct to survive this world. The prospect of removing our armor, of shedding our thick skin, that is scary. Our lack of fear, our powerful armor has enabled us to endure many hardships. But we are not called to endure. We are called to experience. We are called to know. We are called to be fully present to every moment of this holy life. As the young people say, we are called to feel all the feels. Being present means being vulnerable, and that can mean experiencing some unpleasantness, grieving when others hurt, raging when others are excluded, mourning when others pass from this life to the next. But being present also means being open to joy, Celebrating when a friendship is reconciled, rejoicing at the majesty of creation, recognizing the thin place where God is evident. This present way is of being is God's hope and God's design for each and every one of us. And furthermore, being fearless, being open to the experiences and the joys of this life, also means not holding on to the material things of this life, for they will certainly not endure. That's a little odd for us, us weird Episcopalians, for we are sacramental people. We recognize the talismanic quality of things. but We also must remember to let it go and remember that these things do not protect us. Instead, out of thanksgiving for all that we have and in recognition of all the joy and friendship and hard lo- hardship and love and that we experience in this life, we respond, we are present in the most fulfilling way, and that is we give. We give of our time, we give of our heart, We give of our treasure. We give to those in need. We give towards our dream of a stronger community. We give to support the household of God. We give unafraid. This can be a spooky time of year, full of ghoulies and ghosties. And this life, It can be a spooky life full of ghoulies and ghosties. But it also can be a world filled with brave souls who seek to know and experience the world as God intended and not as the emperor intends. What world do we want to live in? Amen.